From Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 400. Today's show is brought to you by Fitbod, Uni, ZocDoc, and Theragun. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason Snow. Episode 400, Mike. Episode 400. 100 episodes. It's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. That's 399 more than one. You know? Wow. That's just a, it, it ends in two zeros. Mm-hmm. We got 10 fingers and 10 toes, and that mm-hmm. makes this a milestone. It's amazing. I have a hashtag snow talk question for you. We're starting mm-hmm. off in epic fashion. Comes from Sava. Okay. Jason, do you have a favorite mug? <laughs> of course. Epic, epic. fashion. Yep. Well, I mean, we do talk about, like, I'm drinking tea during upgrade. Exactly. Upgrade. For, for those who don't know, upgrade is recorded on a Monday morning. Mm hmm. And so I, I am and fueled. or a Monday evening, depending on where you are in well, the world. Well, that's that's true. But in, in this case, I am fueled by tea for yep. upgrade because it's Monday morning here. Um, so yeah, I uh, do have a favorite mug. It is a. I mean, I have I have several that I like a lot, but the one that I would call my favorite, I think clearly, I have a uh, mug that I got. It's actually a duplicate of one that I got because it broke, and I got I, I had them send me a, a replacement. At the Louisville Slugger Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, which is fun. That's where they made baseball bats, um, obviously, uh, although it's complicated because they're... The- it's very funny <laughs> to me that you said obviously. That is not obvious to Louisville me Louisville Slugger is, nope. a, is the famous, well, it is a famous uh, maker of baseball bats. Okay. Although I re- read a story recently about how there's like a beetle that's infested all of the trees, the ash trees. That um, It's an Asian beetle that got imported to America and is eating all the trees. And so they're migrating all of the bats that were traditionally ash bats. Now they're, a lot more of them are maple, I think. Oh, and, get and out another, of town. So and and that changed Louisville Slugger's supremacy into something else. And there was actually kind of an interesting article about how this thing that is just a beetle has completely devastated this other industry. Anyway, it's a mug from the Louisville Slugger Museum, and it's got baseball seams on it, so it looks kind of like a baseball turned into a mug. And I like it. And then it broke, and I was very sad. But they or they offer it on their website, so I just got another one. I can't find it on their website. I'm clicking oh, around the well. website now. Maybe you bought the last one, so take care of that thing. <laughs> well, that was, that was a little while ago, so I better not uh-huh. break this one or I'm in real trouble. Um, but yes, Louisville, Kentucky. I have uh, some uh, family who live near there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live in Indiana, but they live across the river. But uh, I've been through there a few times, and it was a, it was a cool museum. Sluggermuseum.com. Thank you so much to Salva for that question. If you would like to send in a question of your own so we can help open an episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnowTalk or use question mark SnowTalk in the Relay FM members' Discord. We have a very action-packed, full show today. It is a gigantic this show This is today. really one for the ages. We've got a lot going mm-hmm. on today, but I do want to start with some follow-up. Friend of the show, Russell Ivanovich, wrote in, to tell me that after updating to macOS 12.3, he was no longer seeing flickering lights caused by uh, like his overhead lighting on his Mac webcam, I can confirm Apple's appeared to have fixed this. I tried with both my oh. iMac and my MacBook Pro, 
and I no longer see the uh, flickering caused by the 50 hertz polling rate on the lights. You know, like we had the 50 hertz, 60 hertz is different in the uh, in Europe, UK, and other parts of the world to the America. There's like different places do these things differently, which is like POW and NTSC. It's like one of these things you see on televisions. Yeah. Um, anyway, it seems to have been fixed. So oh. whoever it is in Apple that I can only assume, Jason, heard my complaints because... It just seemed to have got fixed out of the blue, so I will take 100% credit for this. Okay. Uh, it, it appears to have been fixed, and I am genuinely very happy. So when my studio display uh, arrives at some point in the near future, I'm expecting that camera to work too um, because it seems to have been repaired. So I'm very happy about this because uh, it now makes... I now have been able to remove the terrible Logitech camera that I had on top of my beautiful iMac and put yeah. it back in a drawer. Very happy. Oh. It's victory. I wonder what update solved this. Is it was it twelve three? It was definitely twelve three. Yeah, that's what, what Russell said. All right, mm-hmm. great. But you know, as normal, nothing in any release notes. Like I've been searching around through release notes, through the detailed release notes. No, nothing. Um, Imagine if they actually did that. Did mm-hmm. you file a, a feedback? Have you checked to see if they sent you a thing that said nope. this feedback has been fixed? I was planning on filing a feedback after I tested it on the studio display. Ah. Uh. Now you can't. Well, now I don't need to. Denied you satisfaction of your feedback. Oh, no, Jason, I'll tell you now. Every time I don't have to fill in one of those feedbacks, I'm happy because that process is terrible. It's a lot. Speaking of my studio (laughs) display, it still hasn't shipped. Uh, My arrival window starts this week. Um, but it hasn't shipped. Oh, and I did note that uh, I was like, I like poking around the App Store app, seeing what's going on. And as of like a few days ago, I think tail end of last week, um, in both the UK and the US, uh, there were more build to order options at the display in Mac Mini. Like previously, you would, you know, you'd fill out, oh, I want maybe more storage and it would be like not available to collect and store. And then I noticed, oh, the 29th, you could start getting a Mac Studio if you wanted with like two terabytes of storage and more RAM. Uh, and it took me a minute to realize 29th of June is the date that they are <laughs> uh, oh. talking about there for uh, in-store collections. So Apple are allowing you to do an in-store pickup now on many configurations of the studio display and the Mac Studio, but in three months from now. Well, my studio display, vase mount standard glass, is still listed as April 6th to April 13th, and it's in processing mode right yep. now, not preparing to ship. So... I am in processing go. between the 30th of March processing. and the 6th of April, and they haven't charged my card yet, so it's. I'm thinking I'm, it's not going to be this week. Probably, probably not. Well, I'm happy that it's just coming. I mean, I, mean, I have one in front of me, but this is yeah, the Apple I mean, owner, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, getting the, the face amount so I can I can put that arm back on my desk and see what that's about and probably yeah. have to spend $50 on a Thunderbolt cable in order to get it to be... Yeah. Oh, I have a, a, a side note, and I'm going to uh-huh. mention it now, and I'm afraid that people are going to pay money for this thing, um, and uh, they might not want to do it. Well, they could. Uh, they might not want to do it until I, I get mine and try it out, but I um, I bought from Otherworld Computing, I bought this thing. Let me see if I can find the name of it. I know I sent it to you last week. Yeah, I can find it. You can explain it. I, I know I can. I got it. it. Mm-hmm. I got right. it. It is the newer tech new shelf. It is a mount so that you can put two Mac Minis or a Mac Mini and their Mac Mini sized um, uh, like hard drive or whatever. Two Mac Mini shaped things in a stack under your desk. It's basically like a Lucite um, 
thing that you screw under a desk. And basically, it's a mount for multiple Mac Minis. Guess what? Sure looks like it'll fit a Mac Studio. Mm -hmm. So this is the first thing I've seen that looks kind of like an under-desk mount for a Mac Studio. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to try it out. So they're they're selling them. It's like for old Mac Minis, so it's literally like uh, on clearance. (laughs) So maybe people will buy it and they'll sell out of it and they'll realize they need to make a new one. Um, but it, but it's eight, eight point one by eight point one by four point four, so it should fit fine on a Mac Studio. Um, and I'm kind of intrigued by it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I ordered one and I'm gonna give it a try and I'm gonna see if it's any good. And um, but my biggest concern there, honestly, is the length of that Thunderbolt cable to the monitor because I don't think it's gonna be enough, and I'm gonna have to then go back to Otherworld Computing and spend fifty dollars on a Thunderbolt cable in order to uh, stretch it from under my desk up the monitor arm. Uh, to my display. I'm actually pleased that you mentioned this. You sent this to me and Stephen in Slack a few days ago. And at the time, I was concerned. I just this whole thing concerned me. So now I can actually share some of my concerns with yes. you. Uh, so one, um, the weight is an issue, right? Uh, you got to put that thing in there and hope that yeah. it's A, that the plastic is strong enough to, ho- to hold it, and that B, it can be screwed into the desk with enough strength, right? So that's right. I mean, it looks like it's thick lucite, and they did ma- make it for Mac for multiple Mac Minis, basically. Mm-hmm. So I would think that it would be okay. But yeah, I think that's a fair point. My other uh, under desk shelving I have for my audio interfaces is metal. It also mm-hmm. means it's thinner, um, and I think it's stronger. And that's what I really would like is a shelf like that that's in Mac Studio proportions. Yeah, metal. We'll I would see. prefer to, to plastic, just in yep. general. Um, my second thought was, how are you, what are you doing anything to stop it potentially slipping right out of there? Uh, that's a great question. Because they, they we'll, sell we'll a product, it's linked on this page, called the New Pad Base. <laughs> it's like an anti-skid mat. Yeah, it's a non-skid rubber foot for Mac Mini. But I don't know if the dimensions would be right for the Mac Studio as well. But uh, if you like it, I... I implore you to find something like this because uh i would be worried that you know it's just i don't know like maybe you could pull on a cable too hard and then the mac studio just flies out of the back of that thing like flip up my my desk into standing orientation and there's a a, a taut cable somewhere yeah. and it just yanks the mac studio right out the back which could still happen maybe. even with the base but that 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 would be my worry that that thing yeah. is uh is you know I think I, I, I think these are all uh, I think these are all good questions and and whoever is out there I assume and I haven't heard from them but I kind of assume that Twelve South is going to build an actual like a series of mounting solutions for mm-hmm. the Mac Studio and you know they'll be pricey but they'll be really nice because that's what they do um, and then I also assume yes that these companies that I find on Amazon that do the bent metal uh, put your PC under your desk kind of mounts will make one that's the right shape. But um, but it's early days yet, and I, I'm curious about doing this thing um, as an under-desk mount. So I'm going to give it a try, but yeah. I make no recommendations. This is all in the name of science. I love it. Science is great. Um, have you had any more uh, observations or any experiences you wanted to share in the past week uh, in using these products? Like, has, has anything popped out for you, or have you been mostly enjoying it? Not really. It's been, I mean, I was gone for, for a big chunk of the week, so yeah. I've only used it a little bit, but it's, it's, I, I had been using it for, um, a long time before that. And it's just, it, they're, they're pleasurable to use. Mm. Like, I mean, they're fast. And I was going from that, um, Intel 
iMac Pro. So um, I've had a uh, pretty good experience. I haven't had any, you know, restarts of the monitor or anything like that. Um, the the Mac has been fast. I have uh, I I enjoy the experience of listening to podcasts about these products that I spent time with uh, by people who are still trying, especially people who don't have them and are still trying to figure out what they all mean, where I've had it well, for look, Jason, a couple we, of weeks. Well, look, Jason, we can't all be as lucky as you, right? Well, you know? yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is it, it's just <laughs> funny to hear ATP uh, last week debating like the noise from the Mac Studio display, or, or the Mac Studio, but they don't, um, they've never heard it. And it's just kind of funny because there's this back and forth. And, and there, what I like about it is them detailing what the conflicting reports because I have my experience, but there mm-hmm. are conflicting reports. So they're like, well, Jason says it makes noise, but somebody else says it doesn't make noise. And it made me laugh because um, I, this is one of those things that I'm not like, like with the, the camera on the studio display, I have this like, did I get a weird one? Am I not seeing it? Is it my lighting conditions? I don't like really entirely understand why I've had a better experience than a lot of people have had with it. Mac Studio, I have no doubt about it because I literally wasn't expecting it to make any noise. And I was sitting in my office and I went, what's that noise? <laughs> and it was the Mac Studio. So if somebody tells you that it's inaudible, I would say, well, I could hear it. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that's a difference in what frequency ranges we can hear. But I, I could I could hear it for sure. And it was like, I wasn't Whose expecting to you hear trust, it. You know? I was surprised to hear it. It wasn't one of those things where I tested it and I was like, all right, how do I feel about this sound? I literally expected it to be silent. And then I was sitting in my office and I went, what is that sound? And it was the Mac studio, not mm-hmm. a loud sound, but a sound that wasn't there before. Yeah. Sound, sound that, yeah, as you say, a sound that wasn't there before. I've been thinking a lot about that. Like we were talking about it last week um, on the show and we were talking about it on connected a little bit too where I kind of feel like it's just like really interesting to me that this machine has clearly been designed for the Ultra and it does things that the Ultra needs, um, but even the Pro version does them too, right? And I've just mentioned again, like, you know, like the, the, the fan, is it not consistently audible in my MacBook Pro? Like, I don't ever hear it, you know what I mean? So it's just right. it's intriguing to me, the decisions that they made. You know, like someone wrote in Twist and said, like, it's probably because of the power supply, right? that they want to put air through the power supply. But the power supply is way bigger in the Mac Studio than the M1 Pro needs too, right? So like, it's just these interesting things that they've done when clearly this is a machine that they're going to use for the next 10 years. I'm repeating something that's unconnected anyway now, but like they're going to use this for like maybe for the next five or 10 years. So the chips that are going to be in it then are going to be way more powerful. So they built it with that in mind. Like I don't disagree with it, but it's just intriguing to me. After the trash can Mac Pro, Apple is going to build thermal headroom into every every new enclosure they build, right? If they're intending it to last. <laughs> Even like yeah, yeah, because that for sure, but like it's just smart design, yes. right? Like to to well, do it that way, you indeed. know. Indeed. Yeah. Like you you all of these like this is like, you know, that in, the enclosure thing is why, you know, I, I the Mac Pro is going to look like the Mac Pro, right? Like the one that they've did is this is how it's going to look. I don't know what they're going to put in it, but I can't imagine it's a one and done design. You know, like right. I think the iMac Pro is one where you could maybe argue like, oh, that was like, it wasn't like a new design, but they did some stuff around that. But the iMac Pro is an aborted timeline, remember? They, right? they intended to yeah. upgrade that thing again yes. and again. Yeah, that was supposed to be the plan. So like that is the outlier, but I think for clear reason we can see. And I'll be intrigued to see if I'm 
proved wrong in the future. Uh, Gareth wrote in and said, uh, you were talking about Apple charging more for colors during the Ask Upgrade. Apple already charges more for colors with the iMac. There's a choice of four colors for the base computer, but if you want yellow, orange, or purple, you have to pay $200 more. That was interesting. This isn't exactly as uh, clean as we were talking about last time of like you can get a silver, um, say like get a silver MacBook Air, but if you want a colored MacBook Air, you'd have to pay a bit more. But basically in the iMacs, there are certain colors that are only available if you go for one of the higher spec products. Yeah, I... So the reason I don't consider this the same is because it is not color you're paying for. You're paying for specs, but at the higher rating, there are different colors. And Apple has done that, right, where there you have to pay a little bit more uh, to get out of the base model uh, to get a, a bigger color selection. It's not quite the same. I mean, they do this with the iPhone, too, right? You want yeah. certain iPhone colors, you got to pay more money. Because my argument was that that theoretical was about you're paying more for color. Mm-hmm. And that's like the black MacBook, which was the literally the same specs as the white MacBook, but cost more because it was black. The iMac, yep. at that level, all of the colors are the same. If the base level iMac was only silver, right? Like you could only get the silver one as the base level, and then the rest of them were more expensive, then that this would maybe count more. I thought this was a good point that Gareth made, right? That there are certain colors that are locked behind prices, but it's not all colors when it comes to the iMac. You can still get one with color. Yes. This episode is brought to you by our friends, our new friends over at Theragun. If you sit at a desk all day, you may wonder how to relieve the tension in your body that builds up. If you work out regularly, you're probably wondering the same thing. Whether you're an athlete or just a regular person trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help you. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device. It releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gem 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension by using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something almost futuristic. Go to their site and check it out. You'll see what I mean. Plus, the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Now, Upgradians may remember this because... When we were talking, I think this may have been an upgrade or an upgrade plus at some point towards the end of the year. You are, I think we were talking about holiday gifts. And my favorite holiday gift from last year was a Theragun that Adina bought me. And I absolutely adore this thing. Uh, I use it many times a week, most days of the week. Um, so if I've worked out, it really helps me relieve the tension and the pain from the workout that I've had. But also in general, like I have been a person who has suffered with aches and pains for years. And I find the Theragun to do two things for me. One, it does help relieve that stress, that tension, and it helps me in workout recovery. But also it relaxes me. Like after a nice session with the Theragun, you know, I'm like working on my neck, my shoulders, my arms. It Actually afterwards, I just feel better than before. I absolutely love it. It lives in our living room and I just grab it and I will go for a session. It's really fantastic. A massive, massive fan. And I really think you should check it out. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, along with elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, and Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers like me. 
podcasters too. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash upgrade right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash upgrade. Therabody.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Theragun for their support of this show and Relay FM. Saddle up, Jason Snell. It is an episode 400 Rumor Roundup. Oh, boy. This is, uh, is there a powerful dog involved in any way? No, there are no powers. There are no dogs. Not today, okay. anyway. iPhone 14 rumors. It's that time again. YouTuber Max Weinbach has shared some leaked schematics of Ooh. the new Pro phone that show that, guess what? The camera module is getting bigger. All uh-huh. of those potential rumors that were being shared around of, oh, the next iPhone's going to have a flat back. No, <laughs> it's getting bigger. And the iPhone Pro models will actually also be getting a little thicker. Ming-Chi Kuo saw this report. Ming-Chi Kuo, I love that Ming-Chi Kuo's on Twitter now because you get loads more from, mm. from Ming-Chi Kuo. Uh, the, what would Ming-Chi Kuo be like if we've got... We need to think of a title, right? Because I feel like Ming-Chi Kuo is almost as important as, as uh, all the sheriff of Rumortown, Mark Gurman. We need to think about that. Okay. Uh, Ming-Chi Kuo says that the thickness and the camera model change is due to the main camera, aka the wide camera, being upgraded to feature a 48 megapixel sensor with a, and the sensor being larger overall uh, the sensor size is being increased by 25 to 35%. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, you know, the iPhone uh, camera sensors have been 12 megapixel for a long time, like a long, long time, many, many years. And so an upgrade to that, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that it will help reduce the need for some of the deep fusion processing that Apple do, which sometimes, I've said this before, like I think... Uh, impacts my photos negatively. I think some of the sharpness boosting that they do can make a photo look too dark, like too too grainy for me, in a way. Not grainy, uh-huh. but I don't like the way it looks sometimes. And I'm hoping that the additional um, detail that they get from a 48 megapixel sensor could help with that. I'm excited about that. But that ca- I can't even imagine, Jason, I cannot conceive of the camera module getting larger. Yeah, it does seem. I mean, there are lots of rumors out there that Apple is working hard on on switching to a more, um, like periscope kind of approach, right? Where they lengthen the light mm-hmm. travel by turning it ninety degrees, um, and that one of the reasons you might do that is in order to prevent these modules from getting bigger and bigger. It also allows you to get the bigger zooms. I think that's probably going to yeah. be the biggest thing that they they do for that. So I think the optics are important i mean actual optics not like (laughs) metaphorical optics people want good cameras and you know i'll tell you people who care about the cameras are more prominent than people who care about the size of the bump on the phone oh yeah as well because like you know it said many times before but most people put their phones in cases and cases level out the bumps so like it doesn't matter, ultimately, you know? That's what they do. They level out the bumps. That's exactly 100% what they're for <laughs> they, these <yeah>. days. <laughs> Apple has acquired a UK banking startup called Credit Kudos. 
They are essentially a third-party credit checking company. Their whole aim, their whole thing was to provide users with a better understanding of financial health and credit opportunities. Like, oh, you know, this is how good your savings are. Maybe you could get a mortgage for this amount, that kind of stuff. To do this, they leverage something called the Open Banking Platform, which exists in the UK, where there's an API that all banks have to agree to. This is kind of cool, but maybe I don't think this exists in many other places. I, I mm. doubt it anyway, but I'm pretty, I love it here. So banks all have to agree to this API. So let's say you bank with bank A and also bank B. You can log in bank A's app with bank B's credentials and see all of your bank accounts and all of your credit cards, no matter who they're with, in one app. It's huh. really cool. You have wow. to renew this every little while, like which isn't great, but you do get that. And then also there are these companies that pop up that then you can give all of your logins to and they can look at all of your stuff for you and give you suggestions, maybe suggest other deals to you, that kind of stuff. It's it's a cool thing that we have here. Um, and Credit Kudos, their whole thing was analyzing this to help you understand your credit score a little bit better. Um, many people, including the Engadget article that I will link to in our show notes, are suggesting this could be a precursor to the Apple card launching in the UK. I don't think this is the case, Jason. Hmm. So if Apple are going to launch Apple card, they still need to have a credit card partner like Goldman Sachs, right? Right. Now, Goldman Sachs do their own credit checking. Apple do not do the credit checking for Apple card. Goldman Sachs do it. And if they were to partner with someone in the UK, that credit card company would also want to do the credit checking because they are providing the credit. So there's a possibility that this is part of the puzzle. But honestly, I would expect this is more likely that Apple maybe acquired this company because they want to make their own financial planning tools or something like that. Right. Expanding the uh, idea of that app, that the wallet app that's got all your accounts in it and all that to yeah. provide a, a financial health. Yeah. wonder if they'll move that stuff out of the wallet app at some point or whether it's all just going to go in there. It does seem like it's doing too many things already. And I think this could be part of that. Like, I do expect Apple to roll Apple Card out to other territories, but I'm not convinced that this is part of that puzzle because, as I say, like, Apple do not do the credit checking. I looked through support documents today to confirm this. Like, in the US, the credit checking is done by Goldman Sachs. They use it. Apple do yeah. not do it. And yeah. so... I can't conceive of any way that that would be different anywhere else. Like, no bank is going to be like, okay, Apple, we'll trust you with our credit. Like, Apple do not have the risk here. It's the, the credit card companies. It's, that the, do, so. it's the partner. Mm-hmm. Well, kudos to Apple for this acquisition. Literally. Yeah. Kudos to Apple. Oh, oh, sorry. That took me way too long to get. I'm like, oh, Jason's really happy about this You really should have started with that. Kudos to Apple. Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. Well, this... This is why we need you around, because I can't think of these things. Okay. 15-inch MacBook Air. Display analyst Russ Young is reporting from supply chain sources that Apple is planning a new variant of the MacBook Air for 2023 that would have a 15-inch screen. The smaller of the two would also get a little bit bigger as well, at 13.6 inches. What do you think about this? Well, I'm... It'll presumably be based on whatever the new MacBook Air design is, and so I'm kind of interested in that. I I think you could creep up the 13-inch MacBook Air a little bit without making it that much larger. And, you know, Apple's done that in the past with iPads where they've made the screen larger, but they've tried to keep the dimensions very close. 
So that's okay. Big iPad. I think it's great. I think this idea, they're obviously doing it, um, all the reports say this fall, where there's going to be an iPhone Max that is the lower cost iPhone in a bigger size. I think uh, there are a lot of people who desire a larger screen. Um, you know, the argument would be that if you can get them to pay a pro price to get the larger screen, then that's great. But uh, there's also an argument that they're not going to pay, like as the pro products get more and more expensive, more expensive than their non-pro counterparts, it's a, it's a harder sale to get somebody to pay all of that extra money just to have the bigger screen. And people do like big screens. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I don't want a 15-inch laptop, but I can see how people... Uh, people would. And so, you know, they used to do this. There used to be big iBooks and smaller iBooks. And uh, and so I think that it's, it's a good thing to give people choice like this. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and uh, Ming-Chi Kuo added to this one saying that the product may not even be called MacBook Air. Ha-ha. And this got me to thinking with what you just mentioned, right? That the, the expectation is there's going to be an iPhone 14 and an iPhone 14 Max. Like, so there's a larger one that doesn't have Pro. So I was wondering, could this be the MacBook Max? And they drop the Air name completely? MacBook and MacBook Max? I think not because primarily because there's a Max chip, and I think that that would be a lot of confusion. Good point. I, I, mm. I do wonder, though, so there's this rumor about MacBook and, and MacBook Air. MacBook Air, we've been talking about it a long time. We talked about it in episode four hundred or 300, right? Yeah. Now it's 400. So we'll probably be talking about it in 500, too. Um, the MacBook Air name, like they tried to kill it, but they couldn't really kill it, and so they've kept it around. I do think that macbook as a name makes sense and that there will probably be a macbook without a name in it there were some rumors that that's what the 13 inch macbook pro will turn into right yeah. is a yeah. macbook that is appreciably different and not as thin and light as the macbook air so it would actually make sense that the air is called the air because now there's a macbook that's kind of in the middle uh, whether this would be a 15-inch MacBook Air or whether it would just be a 15-inch MacBook, I think it depends on marketing, but also like what they base it on. Do they base it on that new MacBook Air enclosure? What happens to the 13-inch MacBook Pro? Does it turn into something else? It's all kind of like hovering out there. They got a lot of choices to make here, but um, they they I feel like the MacBook Air name now probably isn't going to go away, but maybe there's a space for a product in between. I would really struggle with a 15-inch computer called Air. Like, it doesn't really follow, right? <laughs> no, so, so, it doesn't So work. having it be a MacBook mm-hmm. um, and having it be in that kind of like intermediate state. The, the, again, we have to make assumptions about what this new MacBook Air is going to look like. But I can see a scenario where what Apple says is, look, we're going to keep the MacBook Air around. And the goal there is it's thin and light. And maybe it's even thin and light and low cost. And then we're going to make the MacBook. And the MacBook is going to be similar. But the idea with the MacBook is we're not as worried about size and weight. We, we're, we want it to be kind of less than the MacBook Pro in terms of price. But we're not the, the goal there is not the size and the weight. The goal there is just to have a good, solid Mac for people to buy. Mm-hmm. And the people who want to opt for the Air will opt for the Air. And the people who want the MacBook will get the MacBook. And that makes more sense. Oh, Jason, I've just thought of something which is maybe the worst of these and might actually be oh, the way that they go. Uh, mm-hmm. The new one is called MacBook. And it's the colorful one, right? Yeah. What we're thinking is the new MacBook Air, and it comes in two sizes. And they keep the current MacBook Air around as the MacBook Air for a while. Huh. I mean, 
it's possible, right? It's possible they would keep the old one around. Well, that would let them do it. Because I think, ultimately, they should drop the Air name. I think it's only stuck around because the MacBook that they released, that was clearly supposed to be the new one, right. nobody liked it. And it was more expensive. It was overpriced. So they couldn't get rid of the MacBook Air. Right, and the MacBook Air was still selling at nine ninety nine. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and once you start, and again, keep in mind what happened here too, which is when they did revise the MacBook Air, they they literally said in that that was the Brooklyn event. They're like, um, "We're playing the hits here. Like we kept the wedge shape and we kept the curves and like that." They redesigned. They designed that new version of the MacBook Air to be as much like the old version of the MacBook Air as possible mm-hmm. which is funny they're like oh no 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 just give them what they want give them what they want but i and so that's what they had to fight against is the question of like do people love this thing so much that we should just keep it around but i think you're right one way to go is i, I know i said this in another context so it's whether they call it error or not i i really think it's possible that they will keep the macbook air m1 around at 999 and this new macbook air that's coming out won't be 999 right it's going to be 1299 or something yeah. like that and they're going to have two of these macbook airs they're going to have the colorful fancy one the other way they could do it is they could just say no this is the new air it's 999 and that's it but that, that's that's part of the mystery here is what mm-hmm. is the target for that product and then what do they what do they do beyond it and that's i don't know but they could they could call that this macbook and use it as the opportunity to get rid of the name air mm-hmm Mark Gurman is expecting the next iPad Pro to feature both an M2 chip and MagSafe charging to be released in the fall of 2022. I can't get my head around what the MagSafe would look like on this thing. What is it? Uh, I I don't, I mean... Is it iPhone MagSafe? Is it MacBook MagSafe? Is it a third MagSafe? Third MagSafe. That I yeah. don't want. If the, it, Here's my thing, Apple. If you're going to introduce a third MagSafe, just don't do it would be my recommendation to you. Well, we don't think, need that. I mean, iPad Pro already being kind of Mac-like in some ways, I could see them doing it as just a MagSafe connector on the side. That's and they just should like do that. It would be awesome, right? That would be really great if they did that. I would love that. Yeah. And then the USB-C port would be like, you know, even, you know, the, you know, people always said, oh, you should add two USB-C ports on these things. Well, now you won't need to because you can always have one free. So I think that would be pretty cool. I don't want another MagSafe, right? Like, don't create another MagSafe standard. And I don't think the iPhone one is the right bet here. So I, I would agree with you that I would love to see the Mac style uh, MagSafe. Yeah. And we go back to Mark Gurman for our final rumor in the rumor roundup today. Mark Gurman is reporting that Apple is working on a new subscription service for hardware products. This would allow a customer to pay a monthly fee to get new devices. The expectation is this would lower the barrier to entry for many customers, allowing for more people to get the newest products more easily, increasing not just Apple's recurring revenue, but leading to greater overall revenue. I read from a quote from Mark's Bloomberg article here. The program would differ from an installment program, like I will add in, like the iPhone upgrade program, in that the monthly charge wouldn't be the price of the device split across 12 or 24 months. Rather, it would be a yet-to-be-determined monthly fee that depends on which device the user chooses. And I'll add in, it's very possible that you would probably then be able to upgrade automatically to the new version when it becomes available. If this happens, it will probably be a 2023 thing and could possibly be bundled with Apple's existing bundles. 
Yeah, upgrade. How this relates to the iPhone upgrade program is interesting. My my read on this, and you know, I I don't know. My just my first read on this is this is Apple saying we want to convert this kind of loan program that we do, where it's a loan. And we've got partners, and we just want to convert it to something we own entirely. That's a straight up bit of services, and we're gonna. And so that it would be for the user, it might not be structured very differently, but internally, the way the program was was uh, financed and uh, accounted for would be um, different. I mean, they'd probably stop working with like a third party too, right? Which I know they currently do now, and maybe want to set this up themselves, like. I think of uh, Microsoft. Microsoft's had a lot of success with the Xbox um, in the past couple of years where they bundle them with Game Pass. They charge you a monthly fee, but it doesn't cost you any extra. Like you're not Usually with these things, you're paying a premium, right? Like you're paying some kind of interest. But that isn't how it works here. So you just, you're paying them every month anyway because you're paying for Game Pass. So you add a little bit more and you get yourself an Xbox. And this has proven very well for Microsoft over the last year. So... Maybe this is a route yeah. Apple's going to go to. Yeah, I mean, Apple loves training people to give them money monthly, yep. right? Yep. And yep. and this would be have some interesting options too in terms of saying, you know, when the new iPhone comes out, you basically just choose your level, and they give you they can literally just say, here's what the prices are, and those prices are in monthly fee. Yep. Um, it also you know also means you're not buying it. You're you're it's a you're just getting it as part of your service. Um, I know Microsoft has that thing where after a while you own it or something like that. But like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. You do uh, own it, 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 yeah. it may not structure, it may not feel in the end as a user, if you're on the upgrade program, like it's that different. It'll be interesting to see how they structure it, but it may feel very familiar. I wonder if the benefit here is more to Apple and gives them flexibility to maybe change the pricing based on your participation in other uh, bundles or bundling it with other services and being able to alter the pricing that way rather than keeping it separate like they do with the upgrade program. I don't know. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by ZocDoc. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you, and no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare and made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors with verified patient reviews and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into that doctor's office or you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you, just go to ZocDoc.com, you choose a time slot and whether you want to see that doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor. There is nothing better in my mind they're doctors that do video appointments. Like, I absolutely love this. Like, we're all busy. Like, I don't always have the time to go devote, like, to go into the doctor's surgery and waiting in line and that kind of stuff. But if I can get a, a meeting all set up and just do a call or a video thing, it's awesome. And ZocDoc allows you to do that. Like, I just think it's so awesome. It's one of the great uses of modern technology. So we're able to all do these things a little bit more on our own schedules. So go to ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM and download the ZocDoc app for free. 
Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Imagine that. That's zocdoc.com slash upgrade. One last time, zocdoc.com slash upgradefm. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, they done did it. Apple done did it, Jason. They did it. I can't believe this happened. I cannot believe this happened. Apple TV Plus becomes the first streaming platform to win Best Picture. Yep. So Coda. We've mentioned Coda Coda. a few times on the show. Uh, Coda is notable um, as being a movie that uh, both features stars and crew uh, who are all hearing impaired. Um, And this is basically what the entire movie is about. I haven't actually seen Coda. You've seen it, right? I've seen it. One of my favorite movies of last year. Yeah. It's it's a movie. It's that, on our list. It's it's, it's a good. It's a it's it's a good movie. It is structurally, I think, a very familiar story, and I think that a lot of people have issues with the fact that it does read the synopsis of it reads very much like a, you know, made for TV Lifetime movie or something like that. It's it's not. But the what I like about it is all of the details. I think mm-hmm. all of the details are good. I think it it makes some really good creative decisions in every moment of the film i love the setting i enjoy the characters the family they're so clearly drawn and memorable um just a that's the that's the beauty of it to me so plus yes it is um uh deaf uh mostly deaf crew are cast and 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 uh and i think crew and and yeah the the writer director is not but um and troy kotzer who plays the dad uh, one best supporting actor as well, and uh, Sienna Hader, who was the the writer and director, won best best adapted screenplay screenplay. Yeah. So so that basically as well, like this, they they I think it's called they ran the board. I don't remember the phrase, but every Oscar they were nominated for, they won. So yep. it was three. So Apple now has three Oscars under their belt, but the big one is the fact that they won Best Picture. They are the first yep. streaming platform to do this. Netflix have been trying. Yeah, I think going into the Oscars up until maybe like a week ago, everyone fought the big dog movie. <laughs> yes. They called the Power, Power of, dog of the Dog with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. There are dogs visible in it, but it, it is it's not about that, a dog. Those are not the titular dogs. No, mm. they're not. Okay, I saw it this weekend, so now I know all about the Power of the Dog. I have felt the Power of the Dog. Everyone thought that was going to win, and then there was like a turn in Hollywood, right? Where then all of a sudden, Coda was the front runner. A lot of people I saw who follow Hollywood stuff closely who were tweeting before the event were saying the vibe is so funny because the vibe is very much like they don't want Netflix to win and they do want Apple to win, which is funny because they're like, we don't want this this giant tech company invading our movie industry. Um, do you know about the other giant tech company that's invading your movie industry? But the difference is that Apple, first off, all of these people in Hollywood, they love Apple. They love Apple's products. They're all using Apple's products. And I think Apple and Apple's executives are perceived as, in some ways, as doing it the right way, that they are not viewed as a disruptive force like Netflix is. They have done a really good job, I think, of of setting themselves into Hollywood now. Yeah, and they they hired Zach and Jamie from Sony, Mm -hmm. and they they brought in a bunch of people to do their movie side now, and they're perceived as being friendly to talent in a way that Netflix is is not, mm-hmm. uh, and friendly to the movie industry in a way that Netflix is not. Which is not to say that there aren't um, there aren't aren't issues. Like there was a story 
uh, I forget where it was. There was a story about the history of Coda this week that I read. It was in Puck News. You sent it to me. Oh, it was it was Puck. That's right. It's behind a, a paywall. Subs- but it's it a paywall, excellent. but yep. but it was a really good story um, about how Apple wants to own everything worldwide. And when they bought, so they bought um, Coda at Sundance. Mm-hmm. So it's also I think the first Sundance movie to win Best Picture. It's they bought it really? at Sundance. Huh. But the I think so. But anyway, regardless of that, like of these movies that got that that was some somebody said that I don't know if that's true or not. But it, it was a Sundance movie, and you know, then they they go to the film festival with these indie movies, and then people bid for them. Mm-hmm. And Apple bought it, but they had already sold some of the rights to uh, overseas distribution. They had bought some European, I think, uh, countries. People had bought it to theatrically screen there. And Apple said, "Well, that's good, but we got to buy it all back because <laughs> we want it all." And that that's one of the challenges that Apple has and that Apple has changed its tune because people were kind of grumpy that they're like, and that it makes it hard to sell your indie film if you're afraid to sell parts of it to, to earn your money back because what if a streamer comes in and buys the whole thing? Um, and then when they started to put things in the contract that said, well, we're selling you the rights, but if a streamer comes in to buy the whole thing, you lose the rights and we give you your money back. And the people who are buying rights were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to agree to that. And it sounds like Apple has gotten, has adapted and has been more willing to not buy every single country or to work with a rights holder to come up with some sort of way where they screen it in their country. And then they, like, they, they're working about it. But it's interesting that this was more complicated than just Apple writing a check at Sundance for Coda, they actually had to unwind. Yeah, they they bought this one a while ago. This was one of their earlier purchases, I think. But they're positively thought of in Hollywood, and I think that's really interesting that Netflix is seen as this big bad disruptor, and it's and and Apple uh, is just because Apple was sort of later to the game, and its ambitions are a little more constrained, and also because it's Apple, honestly, and Apple is viewed positively by the people in Hollywood because they make the products that the people in Hollywood love, right? Yeah. And that is an advantage for Apple. Even even though it's you know the people designing Macs are not the people who are buying movies, but it's still all part of that kind of gestalt for Apple. So um, so people were much more positive, and I, I gotta say, I think that's one of the reasons Coda won and Power of the Dog didn't is that the people in the Academy have much more positive feelings about Apple than they do about Netflix, even though. Yes, Apple is a giant tech company because what Apple represents to them is not what Netflix represents to them. Yeah, Netflix came away with one Oscar. Apple had three. I think I saw that. So this is Netflix walked in and walked out, I think, feeling very differently. It went yeah. very strangely for them. I will say, like, one thing that I think from our perspective, which is just like an interesting parallel, is this whole situation plays into Apple's typical playbook so well. Arrive late, do it best. Now, what I will say is I don't think this is holding out for the long term. But, like, for the story sure. of right now, like, as of today that's the way it seems to have occurred, right? Because there's been lots of stories and like lots of the talking about the fact that Netflix have been working on this to get Best Picture for years, right? right. Like they had, was it Roma? They had The Irishman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then this one, I think there might have been a couple more as well, but like they have been very specifically targeting, because of course you would, Best Picture at the Oscars is a big friggin' deal, right? And so- right. Everyone targets it if you're in this business. It's what you want, right? Yeah, and we've been talking about since Apple started to get into this. Mm-hmm. We, you know, obviously we talked about it when it was all just rumors, and then we've we've seen it kind of come to fruition now. It's really kind of funny that that event where they launched Apple TV Plus was three years ago, where they had Steven Spielberg and Jason Momoa come out on stage and all mm-hmm. that. That was three years ago, and here we are. They won Best Picture, but we talked. 
throughout, and I know we talked about it a hundred episodes ago. Mm-hmm. That one of the th- the ways the strategy is validated, and it makes the company kind of like feel good and say, "See, we're not just hemorrhaging money here. We care, and we make good co- content." Like it is a. It isn't something that goes directly to the balance sheet, but getting recognition matters. And you could see how much getting recognition mattered to Apple. It's why the those very early nominations for the morning show were a big deal. And that one, remember Billy Crudup won mm-hmm. a supporting actor award from somewhere, SAG or Golden Globes or something. And we were and we're like, oh, Apple's really going to make hay with that. And then Ted Lasso happened. And Ted Lasso ended up being, strangely, the thing that was like the big deal where apple was like see we dominated and i'll I'll just so now there's this and it it, it's meaningful to apple and it's meaningful to all the other streamers it would be meaningful to amazon and to netflix i think it's also funny to think that now there's a uh apple is the reigning champion of best comedy at the emmys and best picture at the oscars on apple tv plus (laughs) what i mean Uh, but like this is that thing right like where it, it is too early to call it but this is the situation. This is what they do. Like, in technology, this is what they do, yeah. right? Like, it's the old thing of, like, Apple arrives late to the game, but they always do it better than everyone else. You know, asterisk, asterisk. Well, it, it, it's hard because they're going into an area that they didn't know. And I think that yep. this is the key where they, they did their stuff where they were tinkering around with video mm-hmm. content, right? And Planet that's And so Planet of the Apps, everybody brings it up. And when they mm-hmm. hired... Uh, um, what Jamie Ehrlich and Zach Van Amberg, yeah. Zach and Jamie, the pair from Sony, when they hired them, everybody was like, "Oh boy, more Planet of the Apps." And I was like, "No, no, no! This is Apple admitting that Eddie Q is not gonna make great TV and movies, mm-hmm. right? That it needs to be people who understand the business and understand the people." And they set up their their offices in L.A. with Zach and Jamie, and they got to work, and they hired a bunch of respected TV and film executives from all over the world. And they had a strategy, and we can see the strategy now, right? The strategy is be like HBO was. The strategy was be a little picky. And come up with some like and, and and pay for quality and pay for pay for high profile talent, and not everything's going to be a hit. And of course, everybody who's waiting to, to to feed the narrative that Apple doesn't know what it's doing in Hollywood is going to pick on the stuff that does not become a great success and make jokes about it. But the truth is, nobody has a track record of perfection in Hollywood. You pick your spots, and then you if you create a good system where you're picking the right stuff, some of it's going to hit, mm-hmm. and. Ted Lasso hit. Obviously, Coda has has won Best Picture. I would say that you see it with some of the other stuff that's coming on Apple now. There's a huge undercurrent of um, of uh, Severance fandom that I I keep hearing people discover Severance, which I've only seen episode one of, and I loved it. But that's the Adam Scott TV show. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but it's on the list for me. Directed by uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Um. I I keep seeing people discover it and say this is amazingly good. I'm scared of it because it's you know it's like a little it bit thrillery. Kinda, I'm like a little creepy. bit like I want to see it, but like I'm nervous. So anyway, there's a, there's a lot of this stuff. So th- like this is 
I think that could Apple TV Plus have been a, a colossal failure? Yes. Are they spending way more money than they're taking in for for this? Yes, but I think it's it serves a larger strategy for Apple. And I think one of the things that they really wanted was validation that like they are serious about this and they are not going to be falling all over themselves making crappy content like Planet of the Apps or something like that and Carpool Karaoke. Like that was not what they were doing once they hired. Um, Jamie and Zach, this is what they were going to do. And this is just a, uh, you know, they have arrived. This is, you know, we can talk about like what role they play in the streaming future and whether there's room for a, a more niche player like Apple is right now. But when you look at the Emmy nominations and the Oscar nominations and the wins and the, all the trophies that they're picking up, it sounds like they have a way to be relevant, even if they're not producing at the level of something like netflix so it's a it's a i mean they should take a victory lap they should be doing some uh, power sliding on infinite loop right like this morning get out there i mean it's early in the day but i'm thoroughly for for us but i'm thoroughly expecting an apple.com takeover of the webpage at the moment currently it says academy award nominee best picture coda like halfway down the page i'm expecting that the apple.com webpage will look very different uh, at some point today probably something i wanted to just touch on a little bit i've been seeing some people talk about this online saying oh this isn't an apple original like some of the TV shows, as if it's like they didn't do the work for this. This isn't how the movie part of this works. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, you make a deal at, at various points, and, and yeah. Apple is spinning up their own Apple you know, production shingle where they can produce movies themselves. But that feels like that's going to be more TV than it is movies. Right. But like the movie, like, so I looked into this a little bit. So the one that we're talking about, The Power of the Dog, the Netflix movie, that wasn't a Netflix original. They bought that. Like, this happens a lot. Like the yeah. movies get there's like a lot of production companies and they make the movies and they take them to film festivals and they get bought. But like the difference, which I will understand is when a movie wins best picture, people don't usually focus on universal pictures as part of the right. story. Right. But this is the first, uh, first movie that was, you know, basically exclusive to a streaming service to win best picture. And that's why it's notable. Remember when we were saying like Apple was like, oh, the historic nominations for Coda. And we're like, what are they exactly? And the answer was because it's a primarily deaf cast and all of that mm-hmm. was what they were what they were going for. Well, here's another barrier broken, which is streaming service movie wins best picture. That's a big deal. Um, no, but they, you know, they bought it at Sundance. The, this is true. But at the same time, this is a movie that, that, uh, premiered on apple tv like it's on apple tv it's domestic it's reported u.s domestic box office is zero dollars mm-hmm. and one best picture it's uh pretty wild so and again they get the credit not for making the movie but for buying the movie and also for promoting the movie yep. and spending more than 10 million dollars on their oscar campaign and uh get they got the trophy for it yeah that's how it works right <laughs> this yeah. is how it works but this the, is how it works the difference is as you say like usually we don't focus on it like who who is behind it it's usually like we focus on the cast the crew that kind of thing it's not so much uh however you know i'm sure that there are pockets of this right so like if it's a marvel movie we focus on that you know if a marvel movie is to win best picture we're like oh wow marvel movies want best picture so there are these little fiefdoms yeah. uh i i'm naturally going to assume that there will be an oscars focused episode of downstream I would think we'll talk about it at least quite a lot, but that'll be next week. At least quite a lot. Yeah, I look forward to yeah. it. So if people enjoyed this There's conversation going on, and they want yeah. more of the... Yeah, there sure is. And they want more of the wider context of the effect of uh, the Oscars. You can go check out Downstream here on Relay FM uh, yeah. featuring Jason Snell 
and the very wonderful Julia Alexander, who does yeah. a fantastic job, you two. I really love it. I just ask her the questions, and then she mm-hmm. talks, and she knows, she gets paid to think about this all day. Like, that's what she does. So it's great. She has such a great perspective on it. All right. I want to thank our next sponsor of this week's episode, and that is our friends over at FitBud. I really love FitBud, and I use it all the time because balancing between work, family, and everything else that you have going on in your life can really be difficult when it comes to making fitness a priority. So what you need is a fitness program that works with you, not against you, and that's why you need FitBud. Their algorithm will learn about you, your goals, and training ability to craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you. And their app makes it incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform each exercise. This is my very favorite thing about FitBud. They have these really wonderful videos that show you exactly how to perform the exercise. They're really detailed instructions too. You can see these videos from multiple angles, and it makes me feel confident when I'm learning a new exercise of how to do it. If I need a reminder of one I've done in the past, it's really great how their app will walk you through it. Personal fitness isn't about competing with other people. You don't have to look to others and try and stack up against them and do what they do. You need something that will work for you because that's when it's going to stick and it's when you're going to see the results that you're looking for. So FitBod uses data to create and adjust your dynamic fitness plan and you'll have instant access to your own personalized routine in their fantastic app so you can make progress on your goals from anywhere. Because everybody's fitness path is different. That's why FitBod does so much work to make sure they customize things exactly to suit you. They make sure to learn from your last workout so your next will be even better. Whether you work out twice a day or twice a week, FitBod even tracks your muscle recovery to make sure your plan is balanced with a variety of exercises to make sure you're not overworking anything. I also love how it integrates with my Apple Watch, but also if you have a Wear OS smartwatch or apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health are all plugged in there so you get the benefit everywhere. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me slash upgrade. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash upgrade, and you will get 25% off your membership. One last time, fitbod.me slash upgrade for 25% off. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, so this is episode 400. Yeah, happy 400. So we're going to be scoring a draft. We are. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. I think we forgot we did this for a while. It was in, I did, and then it came up in my Todoist a couple of months ago mm-hmm. as a thing that I needed to check. And I was like, what does that mean? Oh. And then I went to the wonderful upgrade.cards, which is put together and maintained by a friend of the show, Zach Knox. On episode 300 of this here upgrade program, uh, which was many moons ago. When exactly was that? Let me see. Upgrade 300. It was all the way back. In June 1st. June of 2020. 2020. June 1st, 2020. Uh, we did a draft on episode 300 of things that we think may or may not happen in 100 episodes time. Right. And here we are today. 100 episodes later. So here's the funniest thing about this is because Apple, because of the pandemic, which we were already in when we recorded episode 300, Mm -hmm. but because of the pandemic, Apple ended up changing its way that it announced events to be a week's notice, which meant that that this episode is actually happening like a month before we thought it would. Yeah. Because we had to do so many bonus episodes. Yep. In order to do our draft. Like, luckily, I had prepared against myself there by setting that task way in advance. And today, when I set my task for episode 500, 
<laughs> uh, which is in obviously 100 weeks from now, all the way out in February of 2024, because we're going to mm-hmm. be doing another draft today. I said that like in January like January. First. Yeah, in yeah. January 2024 to remember that we yeah. got it. So You never know how many episodes of Upgrade you're going to do. We will start by scoring the episode through. Four hundred draft that we did in episode three hundred, and then yeah. we're going to be making more draft predictions today for episode five hundred. Now, before we get started, I just want to point out I, I listened to some of this today because, mm-hmm. um, of course, we record these and then have no memory of them later. Correct. And I listened to it, and I asked you then, and it's funny because I was thinking this now, and I actually asked you about it then, which is, does this count toward the winner of the overall upgrade draft champion for the year? of 2022 and you or is it more of an exhibition and your response was i think it's an exhibition unless i win it yes i stand by that today (laughs) (laughs) and i will say for now for episode 500 this is purely an exhibition okay this does not count uh either way uh just for fun because it's weird right like it it doesn't act like the other drafts and it's in its right. own way, like the pricks are very different. It's a lot more nebulous. And yep. plus, to me, like, I mean, we'll talk about this maybe, but when I was thinking of my picks for uh, this draft we're about to do in a bit, I was picking things that initially thinking it's like this is going to be in like 2025. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, like no, really not. far. It's like, no, you no, gotta, no, no. It's only you got to scale away. it back. That, yeah. that happened 100 episodes ago too, yep. where uh, you said at some point, you know, you, you were reminded that it was only two WWDCs between mm-hmm. then and now. And so you got to, you got to restrain you yourself a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is five years away from it. No, it's not. It's not yeah. five years away. Okay, can I can I tell you what my first pick in round one in episode three hundred was? Yeah, I think we should go through them. We'll go through all of yours. Yeah. Go through all of mine. We'll score. Apple receives an Oscar nomination. So good. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> and I today. say in the episode, mm-hmm. I say in the episode, I I I don't think I can pick that they're going to win an Oscar. If I had to pick an award, I would say that they would win an Emmy, which they also did. Yeah. But can you imagine if I picked Apple receives an Oscar? And we did the episode the day after the Oscars. Can yeah. you imagine? But all I all I did was the nomination. So yeah. I would have laughed you point. off the episode if that would have been uh, like, yeah, that would have been ludicrous, genuinely ludicrous to pick back then that, that they would win uh, an Oscar. What was your second pick? Uh, oh, are, are we going to do mine straight up? Okay. Yeah, I think we should just do all of them. We'll do, right. do them all. Uh, my second pick was uh, MacBook Air name. This is what we were talking about earlier. MacBook Air name still exists mm-hmm. on a product. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. That's a good one. It was really a question, and I just thought it, they're not going to be able to kill it. And then we had this discussion earlier today where you said, well, maybe they'll kill it. And I thought, eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they can't kill it. Uh, so I get that one. iOS app development possible on the ipad it is it is we don't think about it a lot because it's a little bit constrained but the swift playgrounds on ipad now you can you can develop and submit straight to the app store then yeah i think at one point we did talk about some apps that are out and available in the world that have been made this way yeah for sure so that 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 came true all right uh some of these picks and i'll probably do this this time too are the spirit of the age so we were talking a lot about um encrypt encryption stuff and like mm-hmm. law enforcement not wanting to be uh boxed out of reading people's text messages via encryption um and so i guessed apple would be targeted by specific encryption related legislation in the u.s this hasn't happened the sites of 
uh, Congress have gone in other places in terms yep. of regulating big tech and not to encryption. Yeah. And my final pick, which I am going to say is is arguably wrong, although if I really cared, I could make the argument that it's right, but I think it's not in the spirit of the pick, which is four different products exist with the name AirPods. Now, we have AirPods Pro and AirPods and AirPods Max, and you could argue that there are Apple still selling two different AirPods, but they have the same name. Yeah, their, their website has four things on it. Yes. They are basically the same thing. Also, I said that they could sell like a little uh, little ch- uh, charger, which they do sort of for like laying down the AirPods and laying down your iPhone. But I think this is probably arguably each of us has a pick that's sort of like you could try to lawyer it into mm-hmm. being right. But I think in the spirit of it, what I was saying is they yeah. got to keep on churning out new AirPods products. Yeah. Holding holding around the last generation doesn't feel like it's four different products, right? It feels uh-huh. like it's three different products, one of which has the old version and the new version. So I, I, I'm willing to let that one go, and that gives me three points. Three points. Okay, so my round one, Apple Services Bundle Unveiled. You were a believer. I was uh, I was skeptical because it had been rumored for so long and hadn't happened. And look what happened. Pick two. <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> Apple by Johnny Ive collaboration. Nothing ever happened. Yeah, you thought that they were going to do a collab on like I a, thought they would do one like thing watch band. just to say that they did it, which was because they always said, oh, we're going to continue working together. Nothing happened. There is, like, it's not a collaboration, but it was known that, like, apparently he was, it was reported anyway, that he was still helping out with the colorful iMac. Um, that uh-huh. was a report. I think Wired had that report, but I don't know about that one. Uh, three, Apple hardware product focused on AR is unveiled. Not yet, Mike Hurley. Not yet. Uh, no, you're, cl- you're so close, but mm-hmm. not yet. Pretty close, but not yet. So close. Uh, round four, consumer Max transitioned to ARM-based processors. I love that. It's such a oh, funny man. little thing. Like, there's a lot of hedging in there, you know? Like, Well, you know, it was, it was before Apple Silicon transition yep. began or yep. was even announced. Mm-hmm. It was right before it was announced. And we were like, how long are they going to do the transition? And are they really going to be able? There's a lot of, are they really going to be able to make pro-level Macs? with their chips right away. Mm-hmm. And so you you constrained your pick to the consumer max will get there. Mm-hmm. What's funny, if you listen to that episode, and I did, is my response to this pick was to say that one of the things on my list was only the Mac Pro will remain on Intel. Oh, it's like, wow, wow. Yeah, I, was, I think I was pretty lucky because wow. I think I could have easily gone with <laughs> Apple transitions of their Macs, like, and it wouldn't technically be correct right because there's yeah. still there's still one out there yeah and the intel done. mac mini is technically still there although i think i could probably again litigate that they said very specifically they only had one left to go when it was the mac pro yeah that if i had picked that we could have said it was right but you backed off of it and i think that was a prudent thing to do and uh yeah thumbs up that was a good one and then my final one is the iphone launch schedule is staggered uh, for example spring and fall now the iphone se is out but that's not what i meant what I meant, which they haven't done, but I still think there's a possibility that one day they may do this, is the regular and pro phones come out at different times. To do this, though, they do need to take the Samsung approach, which I'm now less, I'm a bit more shaky on. It's like that the regular and pro phones are really different. The only time I see this happening now 
is if they do something which is a like a very different kind of iPhone, like a foldable iPhone or something like that. Well, I will say the rumor that they're not going to update the processor in the low-end iPhone this year, in the fall, mm-hmm. does make me one... I don't think they're going to do it either, but it, once they do that... Like, what's stopping them from only releasing... The other way they could do it, let me put it this way. The other way they could do it is they could release the Pro phones in the fall and then with the A16 and then in the spring release the regular phones in the A16. Right? They could do that. And they might even do that this time, right? They release those regular phones with the A15 in the fall. I don't. Again, I don't think they will, but they could. And then in the spring, they could be like, oh... And now they're they're up, updated with the A16 or something. Like, I don't think it'll happen. I'm just saying you're seeing a bifurcation of the two iPhone models, yeah. the two iPhone lines that wasn't there before. And if one of them has a different processor than the other one, so it's not even on the same processor cycle, because the processor cycle has been what has been driving this, right? It's like new processor, A15, it goes in the iPhones, and then it goes in other stuff. And versions of it exist, and there's an X, and there's an M1, and whatever else. And if that's not true, if like this falls, iPhones have the old chip in it for half of the models... Like, it's not an unreasonable second step for them to just say, we're not going to release them at the same time. And you could put them on the same Mm -hmm. chip generation then, but stagger their release. Again, I don't think they're going to do it. I think the problem is always going to be design. Like, if they're going to follow the same design and mostly feature the same, like, features, they can't do it. But the designs are diverging a bit too, right? So, like, I guess that's my question is how divergent are those two models going to go? Again, I think they get you know they get plenty of attention releasing all the iPhones at once so that's probably mm-hmm. what they're going to stick with but i i i've never really bought your iPhone launch stagger theory but the more that they make them different the more i think it's possible that they could do that down the road cuz if they're identical it doesn't make sense i just think it like it flattens the logistics and it flattens the revenue a little bit more and i think that there's a lot of benefits to that yeah you spread it out a little bit yeah. and honestly also i will say if you roll out the new chip generation in the fall with the pros and then the the non-pros follow in the spring you will also if you're apple pick up some people who will want the newness and the hotness and those are the people first off the people who are buying right away when a product gets announced are the kind of people who are buying a pro product because they mm-hmm. care about the new specs. If the other phone model is not as new and doesn't really have new specs anymore, it's kind of trailing behind, it's a lot less important that it be announced at the same time because those buyers, like the SE, those buyers are kind of trickling in over time. I guess you could say that the, you know there are holiday buyers who want to buy a, a new iPhone in the, in the for the holiday season, and so putting it out in the fall is the right time. And, and that's true, but... I don't know. I guess I'm saying um, I, I don't think it will happen, but it's less unlikely than it used to be, I think. I would say, so 3-2 to you, I would say yeah. we did pretty well between the two of us. So. Half. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. not too bad, actually. Yeah. 50% of our yeah. predictions for 100 episodes out came true. And, and two more that were, you know... Arguable in some ways. I like the AirPods thing. The the, the spirit there was really more AirPods products, and they mm-hmm. are selling four AirPods, but they're not. It's really more like three and a half. So I didn't quite hit the threshold. But yeah, we we are uh, we did okay. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of us. Yeah, good for us. 
Oh, um, I wanted to mention something else mm-hmm. I found before we shift gears mm-hmm. to the future. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention one other thing that we mentioned in episode 300 that I thought was funny is one of our uh, stories about what was being acquired, films that were being acquired by Apple TV. We talk about the Oscar and all of that. Um, was Killers of the Flower Moon, yep. the Martin Scorsese-directed film starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and Oscar nominee Jesse Plemons, by the way. Uh-huh. And what I think it's funny is it still hasn't come out. Its release date <laughs> is November. So 100 episodes ago, Apple acquired a film uh, or, or w- decided it would be producing the film. And uh, we are... Check back in November... <laughs> Check back eight months from now. Weirdly, I'm not surprised about this, honestly, of a Martin Scorsese movie. It takes a long time to make a movie. But it was just one of those moments where I'm like, yeah. did this fall through? And the answer is no. No, it's coming out in November. But it was 100 episodes ago that it was announced that Apple was going to bankroll it. I mean, and it's obviously doing because they signed the first look with Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And that's, this is an Apple Studios, what I said before about mm-hmm. them pr- getting further up in the, in, the, in the chain, right? Like there's buying a movie at Sundance where you're just buying a movie for, that was already made <laughs> and you saw it and you liked it and you wrote them a check. This is Apple Studios. So this is way further back, obviously, yep. two years ago where they put down their money and said, we want to be in business with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, and we're going to make this movie. And we'll see it all in November when it will be primed for Oscar season. Uh, you know, and, and so it goes. All right, let's take our final break, and then we will do our episode 500 draft. I would like to thank Uni for their support of this week's episode. Uni Pizza Ovens, they are the world's number one pizza oven company because they make surprisingly small ovens powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. Uni Pizza Ovens are super easy to use and incredibly portable. They'll fit into any outside space. Uni Pizza Ovens can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit or 500 degrees Celsius, enabling you to cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. The high temperature that the Uni Pizza Oven can achieve is really what sets these pizzas aside from those that you'd make in a regular home oven. Uni has a couple of models that they're really popular. So the one being the Uni Karu. This is the like multi-fueled, so you can use wood, charcoal, or gas. They also have the Uni Coda 16. This is a gas-powered oven that can cook up to 16-inch pizzas and has an innovative L-shaped burner at the back to give you even heat distribution. This is the one that you have, right, Jason? Yes, it is. And what do you can you tell the upgrading something that you love about your uni pizza oven? I mean, at first it cooks fast. So if you have people who are like picky and, and want different pizzas, you just make a bunch of pizzas and mm-hmm. it cooks in like a minute or two. Um, and you get that really crispy crust because you can get the heat much higher than you can in a regular oven. And so you, uh, you know, and it's mine is fueled by the same propane tank that I would use for a gas grill. Or for uh, like a little heat lamp outside, mm-hmm. uh, they are all interchangeable, which is also really convenient because I have I keep a couple of them around and I can attach one and and uh, yeah and so my my son the picky eater he just gets a cheese pizza and then I can put all sorts of wacky toppings like pineapple and pepperoni on mine yes. and uh, in a couple of minutes they're all done. It's Man, great. I haven't had a pineapple pepperoni pizza in a long time. I need to well, work the fun. Some are fun. 
Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni Pizza oven, which could be up to $50 if you get the Uni Coder 16. Just go to uni.com and use the code UPGRADEFM22 at checkout. When you're there, you'll also find a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables. Everybody wants to make pizza at home, and this is the perfect tool for their job, which is why Uni Pizza ovens are in such high demand. Go check it out yourself. Uni Pizza ovens are the best way to bring restaurant-quality pizza to your own backyard. Go to OOM. Uni.com, uni.com and use the code UPGRADEFM22 and you will get 10% off. Our thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for their support of this show and Relay FM. So the episode 500 draft we turn our attentions oh, to now. Here it is. Now in our document, you have put me as picking first. Are you just being yeah. kind to me here? I uh, I have decided <laughs> All right. that the, that the um, challenger challenger in this one in the in the uh, draft of the ages should go first. <laughs> I like that name. I just was calling it in my mind the episode draft, but I like draft of the ages. Mm. So, this is remember February 2024. My first pick is in February 2024, there will be no Apple car. <gasps> you stole my number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this I had is at the actually top of my list. For, Still for no people car. that are draft historians, <laughs> people that really know how we play our drafts, there is something we're doing differently here. Uh, we usually we we have a shared draft list, right? We always talk about that, and we pick from that. Uh, we were having this, a conversation, yeah. and I suggested, well, considering this is so far in advance, and we could pick literally anything. Why don't we keep these lists secret oh, from each other? Well, I regret giving you the first pick now because that was going to totally <laughs> be my first pick. It's a, it's a, what do they call it on the Ricky's uh, website? It's a, it's a downer pick. It's a, uh huh. It's a, it's a bummer pick. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I think you're right. It's not going to happen, right? No, it's like, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's definitely not happening in two years' time. Right. It's the buzz killer pick. That was a buzz killer pick. Yeah. But, it's a smart pick. It's Whose a, it's buzz a, it's is being pick. killed by me saying? You know what I mean? Like, who's out there is like really into it? You Predicting know? a thing, that, a thing that doesn't happen mm-hmm. is um, all right. I am going to say an iMac larger than twenty-four inches will be released. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you should say will be available. You know, like, will be announced or available. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. Because I don't, I don't want to fall in that trap of uh-huh. being. Uh, uh, well, it's not technically it's not available, but they only announced it last week. Who's doing that, by the way? Is that me? Uh, no, that would be that would be uh, the pedants uh, on on the internet. Bad uh-huh. people, bad uh-huh. people, not you. Okay, cool. No, I mean you're right. The the gentleman's agreement here, I could say again, will exist, and mm-hmm. that's all we need to say, right? Yeah, that's that works for me. Right, because then we're not arguing about. Well, technically, does it exist? If no, it's only been announced. And, and again, that's not you. That's everybody that's else. Me. We know so, that's not me. Uh, the gentleman's agreement. It's fine. It's it's really it's everybody on uh, connected who fights about what the words of a pick mean. Not me. Though. That's who I was doing. There. I no, know. not I, you. Not me. Those those three guys. Uh, I probably should update you by the way that I have <laughs> come around. I've come back around to an iMac Pro. Like I've I've. After we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, I've come back around to that idea. I think that an iMac Pro will exist, but will it's exist. sometime into the future. And I do agree with you that I think it will be before February 2024, but honestly might be only just, right? I could mm-hmm. imagine that being a announced in December 2023 kind of deal. Who knows? Yeah, we'll could find be. Out. 
Right. We'll we'll find out. I I think that since since we're picking here for what will be the beginning of twenty four, mm-hmm. I am going with the idea that by the end of twenty three, there will be a big iMac. Yeah. All right. So my second pick. So we're all very excited about Friday Night Baseball coming to Apple TV Plus. Oh, aren't right? we? Aren't we though? Yeah. Like very excited. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever going to watch baseball, you know, I want it to be on a Friday night. So like. Also, uh-huh. actually kind of funny. I'm going to text you. I'll text you when it's on. It's ca- kind of funny. Up. It would technically be Saturday morning baseball for me, right? Uh-huh. Which yeah. is, so it's funny that they're calling it that way, considering it is going to be available. Maybe they'll brand it differently in, in places where it's Saturday. <laughs> Saturday it's baseball. Terrible time on Saturday baseball, we'll call yeah. it. Um, Saturday, it's Saturday afternoon baseball in Australia, and it's probably Saturday baseball in Saturday morning baseball, maybe in Korea and Japan. So I don't know, maybe, but but terrible, terrible time baseball, late night baseball, terrible time baseball is what we'll call it. But that's not my yep. pick. Uh, my okay. pick is that Apple TV Plus will include live programming that is not sports. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. So it's so, and I want to be clear here. This isn't like bundling in a cable channel that has it as a as like a channel. It's it's like you pay for Apple TV Plus and mm-hmm. you get live programming that is not sports. Yeah, it's part of the Apple TV Plus subscription thing, right? Like in the way that the Friday Night Baseball is, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to say like Apple makes it, if that makes sense, but like it's that as an Apple TV Plus subscriber without any add-ons, unless it comes from Apple. All right, what well, you you get what I'm trying to say, right? Like if you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber, you can get live programming. It is possible that Apple may charge you more for it if that makes right, sense. But, right, but but it's coming from Apple TV Plus. It's yes. not being shunted from another from somewhere source. else. No. Yeah. What is this? What do you think this will be? Cuz this is this I, could I don't be live surprised. specials of some kind. Maybe they go into news, right? They have that news podcast. Maybe they do that. Um I honestly, I don't know, right? But what, I tell you what made me think of this, right? A hundred episodes ago, I don't think I would have expected that they were going to be doing live sports. Mm. So my thinking is that like there is, there is a potential for stuff for them to do in this area. They're going to have learned about it from sports. Maybe they move into something else, right? Like James is saying concerts. Concerts could be a thing that they put on Apple TV+. Plus. Like It could be like a whole thing that they do. I don't know, right? But live TV right. is a thing that exists, and there are yeah. things that you can do on live TV, like a live comedy show, right? Why not? Like a Saturday Night Live or something. Sure. You know? Yeah, maybe. And it's not necessarily, it's like, oh, they have like so many things. Like it could just be one show that they do every week, but it's live. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that like in two years' time from where they are now to where they were two years ago, like I'm thinking of the progression of Apple TV+. Plus. I can see them just wanting to try lots of different stuff, and I could imagine a live show. Interesting. Mm. I'm I'm going to go a little more restrained than that and say Apple TV Plus will broadcast another live sport that is not baseball. So I was thinking this, but wanted to be a little bit more daring. But like I was thinking mm-hmm. it too. You like are it more could daring. be football. Um, it could be some kind of racing. Racing. Uh, yeah, sure. Some, that was my first pick, and then I was like, no, let's go. Let's swing for the fences. Yeah, I think good for you. Good me- baseball metaphor mm-hmm. there. I like that. There will be two more products branded studio is my third pick. Oh, I had on my list another Apple hardware product called Studio. Again, I thought I could go with one, but like, no, why go with one when you can go with two, you know? Two. Swinging for those fences. Mm-hmm. I, I like it because 
it is a word that was just introduced, but it is um, an interesting direction for them. That it feels like this they don't they don't drop a new word into their product lineup without careful consideration of how they might deploy it. Yeah, throughout. I mean they're using it in two places already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and we've seen with Max and with Pro yeah. and with Mini and with Air that they like to recycle their descriptors, right? Yeah. So why would they not do this? And it's a brand new name. It can mean a bunch of different things. You know, it's got the creator angle all tied into it. And I'm really excited about it. Particularly, I just love it. I think it's a great brand. So that's why I wanted to pick it. And I was like, let's just go all studio everywhere. Like, I think AirPods Max will be rebranded. To AirPods Studio. Ah, to AirPods Studio. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. It's a better it's name. It's a great name. It's a great name. What's your third pick? <sighs> I'm looking at this list now, and I'm just not loving any of them. Um, I'm just going to go with big products again. Okay. An iPad will have a display larger than 12.9 inches. Wow. Huh. <laughs> are you wowing the, that pick or wowing that it's a, such a timid pick? Because I think it's definitely going to happen. I, I no, actually I'm think that it's possible that, that 12.9 will get bigger, but I think that there'll be a larger iPad. Yeah, iPad Studio. This is one of those things where it's like, uh, do I believe this will happen? Yes. Do I believe this will have happened by February 2024? I don't know. I don't know. Because like the rest of my picks today, except for one, that I have in my little list. I have like a list of seven here. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with a bunch of these, where it's like, oh yeah, do I think it's going to happen? happen, Yes, I do. Will it have happened in less than two years? I'm not so sure. But okay. I mean, like, here's the, yes, I agree this is going to happen. It makes sense, right? But Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. Good pick. Thank you. I have an iPad related one, but it's a buzz killer. And it, Oh, I'm really I'm fun. doing it for the memes, honestly. But dystopian science fiction is happening now, right here. All right, I'm gonna make a pick right now, right? Okay, this is fun. This That's, is fun. It's your turn. It's I'm good. gonna make a pick you right should. now. Uh huh. That now's I could time. be wrong about potentially tomorrow. <laughs> wow! <laughs> right? All right. I'm well, going for it. Okay. For those who keep the live scoreboard, uh-huh. um, you can just mark this one off tomorrow. No, maybe not. May- maybe. But I'm, it's not a definite. Because like tomorrow- it's something that could be invalidated at yeah. any time, is uh-huh. what you're saying. So this is like a won't, right? This is like, this won't happen. <laughs> yeah, kind of. WWDC has not returned to the pre-2020 style. All right. Okay. So like as we're recording this, it's very expected that like within the next couple of days, Apple will announce their 2022 WWDC plan. Yes. And they could shock the world and say, hey, everyone, come back. Mike Hurley thinks that's not going to happen, right? And Mike Hurley thinks it's never going to happen. And you think it's not going to happen next year either. I don't think. I think it's done. Yes. Like the idea yeah. of we're going to bring five thousand developers to San Jose and do like a week's worth of programming. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. And so that's where I'm going with it. Hmm. I think you may be right, but I think it's interesting. Like we don't know what the if if things settle down and you get a whole year, that's the question, right? Like, will Apple, if things settle down for a whole year, say, we're bringing it back? Or will Apple be like, we're never bringing it back? And we just 
don't know. I think I think there's a good chance you're right. I said at some point, because you said pre-2020 style, which I think is a good point here, because I've said that I can still envision a scenario where Apple uses WWDC as a media event. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think there's a chance they'll do that this year. Yeah, like a kickoff that's at the Steve Jobs Theater yep. that is a, a media event yep. with people. Yep. And select developers that they want and to invite. select developers, yep. but it's not a conference it's a media event kicking off a week of virtual conference i think that there's a really good chance that that's where they're going to end up yeah because look i said it at the time and i stand by it i think that is a better thing for apple's developer community as a whole right it is it is because only a tiny tiny fraction could ever get a ticket and even afford to go to san jose for a week Mm -hmm. and so most for most people wwdc has always been virtual for most people. Forcing it to be virtual has meant that they've had to open up more opportunities for people yes. that are virtual. And, they'll and build new to technologies. Yeah. And it works really well. And people are pretty happy with it. So I agree. Um, as much as I would be sad to lose it, because it, I, I wrote a piece many years ago on my iMore about how it basically took the banner from, from uh, Macworld Expo in terms of being the place that was like the event, in-person event for our community. Mm-hmm. The truth is, if you're Apple and you look at it, it doesn't really make sense. So this makes this makes more sense to do mm-hmm. it this way. That said, Apple is also the company that is bringing everybody back to the office. Uh, when we're like, you know, but you could do it virtually. Apple's like, no, but we really believe that having people in person, and that that could extend to WWDC. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I've, 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 I don't I buy that at all as a, as an argument. I've seen people making that argument. It's like, it's you. This is an apples and oranges situation. <laughs> I agree, here. and yet I guess my point is not that 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 would be the logic. I guess my point is that I don't entirely agree with or understand Apple's rationale there. No, and if I don't understand that, maybe I don't understand how they feel about WWDC. Sure, I don't know. Um for my next pick mike i put the first part of it in our document somewhere in the world i'm really intrigued about this for the last five minutes in our document it says somewhere in the world i'm like what is it gonna say do you have a guess about what follows somewhere in the world somewhere in the world Mm -hmm. apple opens another campus no okay because they are doing that so that would be somewhere in the Mm -hmm. world Apple will let users sideload iOS apps. Oh, Jason, we might talk about this next week, by the way. I have, I have <laughs> some links for maybe for us to talk about next week. Okay. This is me putting down that some someone's going to make I couldn't them. squeeze antitrust <laughs> into this episode today. I just did not have the time. But I've got a lot to say again. I know. But that's going to be my choice, is that somewhere by the beginning of 2024, somewhere in the world, someone <laughs> Where could will, it have, be? <laughs> will have forced Apple. Well, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I would guess the EU. Yeah. But the thing is, I didn't know what was going to happen in Korea and Japan sure. and the Netherlands specifically, right? Yeah, for all we know, it's, it's going to happen in the Netherlands in three weeks' time, you right? No, it'll be like, well, you know, it turns out that in Italy we have to do this, but just in Italy, and Federico's going to go, ha ha, but right before he realizes that all of his accounts are American. Uh, So we'll see where it is in the world. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm just going to tell you somewhere out there in the world. If it's on the moon, it doesn't count. If it's in the world Mm -hmm. and Apple is forced or decides, but probably forced, to let users sideload iOS apps. Okay, we're having fun, right? Yeah, it's only an exhibition, not a competition. My last pick, 
iPad OS will not have better support for external displays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know I had this pick, but I have it the other way. Uh, yeah, of course. No external display support for iPad won't happen. Yeah, you say. Yeah, it's just like we're we always want it. It's not <laughs> going to happen. happen. Well, look at the same time for longer we've been asking for them to improve audio routing. You know that never happened. Right. I I mean, look. Here's the thing. I don't know if they want us to do this. Yeah. I am inclined to believe that they will because the hardware supports it. I mean, I really hope they will, right? But so, so the hardware supports it. They've been iterating on multitasking. Mm-hmm. If I had to predict this point, because my pick was going to be external display support for iPad will happen. Yeah. And you said won't happen. If I had to predict, though, what I would predict is, uh, and I highly recommend what two weeks ago episode of Connected where Federico got really sort of despairing about the future of the iPad mm-hmm. in a in an intelligent way. It was very, very good. And I really, I, I, I liked how he discussed it, um, his frustrations with where they're going. And that's what I would pick. I would probably predict that they will support external displays, but it will be in a way that is limited and disappointing and doesn't really solve the larger issue of how you handle multiple things displaying on an iPad. That would be my prediction. But you're right. Like they could just say, no, no, that's not what it's for. We don't we don't want to do that. And I mean, what what could you say to that? Like that's been their their behavior up to now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it like it's similar to me of like touchscreens on Macs. Well like right. That should have happened by now, right. I feel like. This is easier because all the pieces are there. All it is required is will. I, I think that, I mean, and yeah. a little bit of multitasking improvement, but it's way easier to get external display support on the iPad than it is to get touch touchscreen on the Mac because they would need to make some serious changes to the Mac to do that, I think, mm-hmm. in a way that they don't need to do for the iPad. Well, I mean, but mm. re-architecting the multitasking system could be pretty big. They already did a lot of it, though. That's the thing is they already did <laughs> so they? much. To, yes. Yeah. They've got windows. They've got the new little controller at the top of every window. Like it feels what they did with the last version of iOS felt to me like they were positioning themselves to do more with windowing and positioning of windows on iPad OS. So, uh, we, but will they? But will mm. they? I will tell you this. I had a moment with a studio display where I had, I was trying to do, I was doing uh, my MacBook Air on the studio display. So I had all of my stuff that's plugged into the back of my iMac that's now plugged into the back of the Mac studio, plugged into the back of the studio display so that I could test out the sort of like one cable thing with my MacBook Air. And when I was done with that, I plugged it into my iPad Pro. And you know what I got? I got a really weird blown up pillar boxed iPad screen on the display. But what I also got is my keyboard and trackpad that were Uh, wired and plugged in to a usb hub that ran to the display just worked and i was sitting there driving a cursor around on the screen and i thought you know so close (laughs) but they would but do they even want to take it across the line so i think it's i think it's a fair point i guess we'll find out in 100 episodes or sooner Here's one of those things where I hope i'm wrong and if i'm wrong then it will be a gift to myself because i will have got a thing that i want you know but I don't have complete faith in them to do this. Yeah, well, complete faith. Can't you? I I get it. What's your final pick? Oh, so many to choose from here. 
I'm going to say a product we haven't talked about here. An Apple Watch gets a new design. New design. New design. I don't know what that design is. I don't know if it's going to be we're not doing the old look anymore or it's we're doing in addition to the old look. Or maybe it's that much rumored like, oh, we're going to make Apple Watch sport. and It's this weird rugged rugged thingy. But it's like Apple will sell an Apple Watch that doesn't look like every Apple Watch that's been sold up to now. (laughs) Yep. Well, I don't know. That makes sense. I think I think it's worth putting a. I mean, like, like pros for this pick are there's been rumors about some of this, and don't you think it's time? I thought it was time last year. Cons: they've never done it, <laughs> so yep. why would they do it in the next hundred weeks? Yep. We'll see. I got two release cycles to be proven right there. So we will find out the answer to this draft sometime on or before. February yes. 2024, 2024, sometime February 2024. I, I think technically we'll probably know before then, right? Because all these things will happen or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the fun of it. You can just set a monthly timer to go check that the page on upgrade.car and, <laughs> and score where we are right now in the grand scheme of things. And I did that like two months ago when you reminded me we so did, did this. I. I went and I scored it and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to win. But um, it was kind of funny because, again, completely forgotten that we did it. Uh, we're running out of today's episode, Jason, with a couple of hashtag ask upgrade questions. Yep. Michael asked, given that the studio monitor contains basically an iOS device, and given that Macs can control iOS via universal control, what are the chances that Apple will activate a mode in which the monitor becomes an iOS device controllable from the Mac? Now, I will just say, we have been getting lots of questions like this, so I just want to answer it so we can stop getting them. Zero. Exactly. So, like, there's been, what about if it's an Apple TV? What about if it's this? What about, they're not going to do any of that. This is not going to happen. There is zero reason to do this. So, is it possible that somebody will hack into this thing via the connection that, like... I'm convinced that's going to happen, and I can't wait to see the YouTube video. And get it to generate something on screen, whether it's iOS or it's really just, like, a Darwin something or other. Mm -hmm. Maybe... But, like, actually creating a mode where your monitor becomes an iOS device for your attached Mac? Uh, oh, no. 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 And honestly, even if you said, well, what if Apple thinks that there's value in having taken the iOS simulator and making kind of a broader thing for, for the Mac users? It's like one catalyst. They, they already have that path. Uh, for people who want to have apps on it. And two, even if they wanted to have like a virtual machine of an iOS device in a Mac today, they would they would run it virtually on the Apple Silicon that's on the Mac that's way more powerful than the Apple Silicon like, that's in the th- display. Does it even have a Wi-Fi radio inside of no, it? No, it doesn't have no. any of those. It would The only way it could communicate is over the wire from the Mac. So, No. No, the answer. Zero. To all of zero. these questions of could they do this? No. The studio monitor is a monitor that you plug into another device and it generates and shows you what's on that device and that's how it's going to stay. And John asks, is the 13-inch MacBook Pro, rumored to drop the Pro name, going to be the Mac equivalent of the iPhone SE? I could see that scenario if prices are raised on the new MacBook Air. So this is like, you know, do we think it's going right. to remain in the product line for a while and go cheaper? Basically, I included this because I thought, what if they just call it the MacBook SE? <laughs> <laughs> and then just leave it at that. Oh yeah, great history of SE products on the Mac. Um, yep. uh, maybe, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's a weird one, right? Because I think that this is the problem: is that is the MacBook Air the cheap 
uh, Mac or is the do they take something else and and decontent it down to be the cheapest Mac? Because you want a laptop under a thousand. That's what yeah. you want. And um, I could see them. I, would that product be the MacBook Pro or it would just be a successor called MacBook? And would it, we we really be able to call it the same thing? Would it be based on the same stuff? I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting question. Um, because Apple could rejigger things so that the MacBook Air is a little more expensive, but then there's a MacBook that's cheaper, that's not as light and fun, but is is available. Um, I'm not sure they're going to do that though. Like they no. they they've done the MacBook Air down at the bottom for so long there, they may not be able to do it. I think the similarity will be that this product will fill a price gap. Like the iPhone SE fills a price gap, but I don't think it's going to fill the same one, not the lowest. Yeah, it's hard to see. I mean, that that is a MacBook Pro. It, it costs a lot more than a, a MacBook Air. So they would really need to like rethink it, at which point, if they're selling it for $9.99, it's not even the same product anymore if True. they do that, right? Yep. So I don't think so. If you would like to send in a question for us to answer on the show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskUpgrade or use question mark AskUpgrade in the RelayFM members Discord, which you get access to if you sign up for Upgrade Plus. Go to GetUpgradePlus.com and for $5 a month or $50 a year, you can sign up and support the show. And what a great time to celebrate our 400th episode than by becoming an Upgrade Plus subscriber. And you can support the show and you get tons of bonus content. Today in Upgrade Plus, we're going to talk about some of the things we didn't pick in the draft. Like what were those things that we thought were maybe a little too out there for our 2024 uh, episode 500 draft? And, you know, obviously we say this every week and we mean it every week. Thank you to everybody that subscribes uh, via Upgrade Plus, but also thank you to everybody that tunes into the show every week. We are now, you know, celebrating another milestone for 400 episodes this show is a joy to do for me every week and Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you jason and thank you all uh, for choosing to spend your time with us every single week it means the world to us thank you mike onward to 500 i know that's gonna be great episode 500 i mean you know what i would love to do jason snell what in person record it in front of a live audience oh wow well let's see we'll see that would be wonderful. That would be really good. Wow. Thank you so much to our sponsors of this week's episode, Fitbod, Uni Pizza Ovens, ZocDoc, and Theragun. Thank you so much to you all for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mike Hurley.